to the 102nd episode of the Have Aloha Will Travel podcast. I am your co-host, Kevin Allen, with me as always. I'm Grace. Yeah, that's editor, right. Associate editor. I normally, normally it's Kat there, but Kat was actually out today. Um, Catherine Tothbox, our other co-host. But to fill her shoes, we have Dane Lamb. Dane, how are you doing? I'm very well, and I'm very happy to be on this podcast with the both of you. Thank you, thank you so much for being here. So, for those who don't know, Dane Lamb, uh, you're you're the music dire- director designate. Sorry about that of the Hawaii Symphony Orchestra, and you'll be starting that in July. Is that right? July 2023. I am currently music director designate, and okay. I will step into the role of music director, and on the first of July this year, 2023. I'm really excited to get started and to really, really start this work in earnest with this fantastic orchestra and this these amazing islands yeah no we're, we're very excited to have you um and you know kind of just to give everyone a little bit of background you've been you've been in symphonies all over the world i was looking at your your bio and i i was going to write them down but there's too many um can you tell us a little bit about yourself i mean you know where you got started you know where you last were all that I got started uh, in Australia. If you can't tell by the accent, I am Australian. Are you Australian? <laughs> Are you? So I was I was born and raised here, and I, I just had the good fortune of going to a, a very very good high school, musical high school. It was a state high school, a government high school, but just fantastic music program, and that really ignited my love for music. I mm-hmm. had a my grandma and my mum both play piano. And so music was always in my life and then it was in my school life. But I came along at a time in Australia when the government had invested a lot of money into training a new generation of Australian conductors. And so I was able to learn when I turned 17, 18, you know, even before I'd finished school. Wow. With the various state professional symphonies in Australia under the guidance of their guest conductors and of their chief conductors. So it's a bit like learning to drive in a role. Right. What, what, yeah. What is, uh, you know, everyone sees, you know, that's like, I think most people's, most people's like very basic understanding of conducting is, you know, that guy, but what is What does it mean to be a conductor? There are a lot of aspects to being conductor, but what people see is is somebody on the podium making gestures and orchestra responding. So to really put the process in a nutshell, you get a set of dots and dashes on a page, music that's written by a composer, and there's information that's slightly arbitrary, like loud, soft, fast, slow, and then you have to decide based on historical context, what you know of the composer, what you think the piece is about, how fast is fast, how slow is slow, what does at an easy walking pace, what tempo does that really mean? And then once you've formulated this interpretation of this piece of music, you go to an orchestra and of course, time is money. And so if you can convey whether you want something softer or you want a note longer, or if you want a particular part to come out in the orchestra, if you can convey convey that just through gesture, it saves a lot of time. And it's not a set of, of, it's not codified. It's not like this means this note, this means this note. It's if I came up to you in the street and held the flat of my palm to your face 
would be very confusing. You would know. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> you would know it meant stop. And so you've got to have your own gestural language that communicates immediately to the musicians. So they don't even have to think about what you mean. And it's really exciting. It's like being a football coach, except you can change the game on the fly. Interesting. Man, yeah, I, I had no idea. I, yeah. I didn't know any grace anything about that. <laughs> no, but I'm curious, what instrument did you play in high school? Yeah, I started off as a, a pianist. I started when I was about five or six, and then I took up clarinet pretty soon after that. And then when I got to high school, as I was a clarinet player, there's a lot of similarities between clarinet and sax. So I started playing saxophone, clarinet, piano, singing a little bit. They never asked me to sing. I'm I'm a <laughs> terrible singer. My wife is the singer in the family. She's an opera singer, so she can do all the singing for me. Oh, oh wow. yeah. Yeah, yeah. She, she's caring for both of you. Absolutely. Kind of kind of moving to um, the Hawaii Symphony Orchestra so that you are the designate and then you'll be stepping into the role on July 1st. How did yes. you get involved with that? So this is an in, interesting time in the Hawaii Symphony Orchestra's history because they've been around for about 10 years and they've never had a music director. Is that true? Are you 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 are the first? I'm the first music director of the Hawaii Symphony Orchestra and that must be a lot of pressure. <laughs> it's it's a it's a very nice pressure to have, I have to say. <laughs> <laughs> um and and of course there is such a tradition of orchestral music making in Hawaii. The predecessor organization of, of the Hawaii Symphony Orchestra, the Honolulu Symphony, it's been around since the very, very early 20th century. So actually the organization really has a history of, of over a hundred years. And, and, right. and it's something that we take very seriously, but coming, coming to Hawaii for the first time and coming to the orchestra <clears throat> for the first time, I was just struck by how seriously the musicians, how seriously the management, how seriously the board of directors took their mission to really be an orchestra for Hawaii because the symphony orchestra is something that came from Europe. But these great masterpieces, Beethoven, Brahms, Bach, Mahler, Bernstein, whoever, I would say the Ninth Symphony of Beethoven, his Ode to Joy, it belongs to everybody. And so it's important that we we play these these pieces. However, we don't have to operate like an orchestra in deepest, darkest Germany where it snows all year round. We're an orchestra in the middle of the Pacific with a unique melting pot of people around us and with these fantastic these amazing traditional cultures all around us. And if we don't speak to that, and if we don't tell Hawaiian stories, if we don't tell stories of people from Hawaii and we don't start to tell stories of the Pacific, then you'd be right in asking, what does an orchestra mean? And, and that's what we're imagining. What does it mean to be a Pacific orchestra? What does it mean to be Hawaiian orchestra? And, and, it's just fantastic to be able to come into an organization that I see is, is championing, championing uh, local Hawaii-based musicians, Hawaii-born musicians, and is, is telling stories of the people of Hawaii, telling stories of the Pacific, and 
And as an Australian, I come from the other end of the Pacific. I often right. say it's a it's a very distant neighbor island. And um it's great to be able to to connect these dots across this vast ocean. Right, right. Didn't you open the season with a work that was composed by a Hawaii composer? That's and, right. Yeah. So do you want to talk a little bit about that and the inspiration? And clearly, I mean, there's a lot of thought that goes into this. Yeah, it was it, the, the composer's name is Dai Kyung Lee. And he was born, raised, educated in Hawaii, uh, a Chinese American. Like me, I'm a Chinese Australian. So I already felt a resonance there. And I just felt I, I found him on a, on a Google deep dive, really trying to find <laughs> oh, interesting. Uh, to find composers who were born in Hawaii and came up. And he was born in the earlier 20th century. He served in in World War II in New Guinea. He went over to the East Coast, to New York to study. And then he wrote symphonies, he wrote musicals, he wrote operas, and then he died in relative obscurity in 2005. And a lot of his music has never been performed or not been performed for at least half a century. And so we performed his first symphony that, and that I think that was the first time it's been heard in about 50 years. And we've got plans wow. to revive some of his other works, including his, his second symphony. He was the runner up for the Pulitzer Prize in the fifties oh, wow. for that. So wow. I've spent some time just going through the archives of the library of Congress, just taking little PDF shots of, of this microfilm of his scores one page at a time. And so <laughs> we, it's like, it's a bit like being a, a musical detective. It's really great. And, yeah. um, we'll find, you know, we're gradually bringing this work back to life because he grew up on 12th Avenue. He is, he, he is a Hawaii born composer that we've lost to time. And it's really exciting to be able to bring this back. I, I think it's interesting too, you kind of brought up that like Hawaii really is a mixing pot of cultures and and artists and even, you know, instrumentally, there's a lot of instruments here that I think like Saki, Hawaiian guitar and, you know, is there, are you incorporating those kind of, I guess, maybe non-traditional or just, you know, different instruments into these orchestrated pieces as well? We are, uh, we have a, 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 a symphony series dedicated to the music of Hawaii and Hawaii-based musicians. It's our Hapa Symphony Series. Nice. So we we have all kinds of, of local musicians who come along and play with us. We we did a tribute the week I was there to, to that old radio show, Hawaii Calls, and we had a lot of local vocalists. We even had some hula on stage with oh, wow. the full orchestra. Yeah. We had Beyond Hapa. Last last season, which which celebrated uh, some of our local singers and some of our drag queens, we had oh, I love uh, that. Lady Loretta Labouche playing a Mozart piano concerto on stage with oh, the wow. orchestra, and we've got many more exciting plans for the Harper Symphony series in the That's really in interesting the uh, in the twenty three twenty four season, which will be announced. In not too long a time, actually. It's it's Ooh. quite an exciting announcement we're gearing up for. Oh, awesome. I mean, yeah, I guess that's kind of like a great leading me into my next question, you know, is must be so because you're you're the musical director, 
designate, but you know, musical director. I mean, that seems like being so much more than just a composer. It really does seem like you're kind of visualizing and, you know, seeing so much more, I guess, when it comes to putting on these concerts. I mean, what, can you just explain, I guess, like what exactly it does it mean to be the, the musical director of the, the Hawaii Symphony Orchestra? Yeah, to be a music director of any orchestra, but particularly the Hawaii Symphony, it means that you have to take an overarching bird's eye view of the entire artistic direction and the artistic vision of the organization. So, so you're in charge of working with the musicians and working with the team of developing an, an artistic identity. And the identity is informed by our place. I think orchestras do and should sound like the places from which they come. And so there's a vibrancy and there's an openness and a sunniness to the sound that the orchestra makes. And there's great diversity within the orchestra and it reflects the diversity in the community. And so it's my job to work out programs that, that, that will reflect this in the concert hall and also devise initiatives that engage with the community and not just in Oahu, not just in Honolulu, not just in Waikiki, but in the neighbour islands and our Pacific neighbours as well. Uh, education is really important to my role, bringing music to the next generation. And so we have some really fantastic programs in the works that will bring orchestral music to young people for the first time and help them to express themselves, to tell their stories, to 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 push them to be more innovative and to to develop their ingenuity. They're our future leaders, of course, and so being exposed to music like that is is really important. Right, right. You guys are also doing like a special rendition of Peter and the Wolf, right, in mm-hmm. Olelo, Hawaii. So that's pretty neat. Yeah, that's fantastic. Uh, in fact, the orchestra did perform it last season in mm-hmm. Olelo, Hawaii, um, in English and in Tahitian, actually. And then it's oh, coming wow. back. It's coming back uh, later this month as well. Mm-hmm. Uh, in, in Olelo, Hawaii. And, yeah. uh, I just think it's a fantastic thing. It's so important. And when I first came to Hawaii, uh, it was it was totally new to me. And I, I was so thrilled to be able to see how the Hawaiian language has has revived. I mean, I've been reading about how it's mm-hmm. how it's returned from almost from dwindling to really small numbers to it's really inspiring and it's something that as an as an Australian thinking about our Indigenous languages it's inspiring to see how how Indigenous language and culture in Hawaii has has really experienced this rebirth and the orchestra is is it's, it's very important to the orchestra to be able to be part of that. Right. I'm curious, like, you know, growing up in Australia, what are some similarities and differences that you see between both like musical culture and just life in general between Hawaii and yeah, Australia? I feel pretty at home in Hawaii. I have to say it's it's I'm from Queensland, which is on the east coast of Australia. Mm-hmm. It's the home to the Great Barrier Reef. So I grew up around the beach yeah. and I grew up in warm weather, although not quite as warm year round as Hawaii. 
so I think that that warm weather leads to an openness in people. There's uh, there's a real melting pot of cultures in both places, although uh, it is. I feel so at home in Hawaii because I'm half I'm I'm half Chinese, half Australian, yeah. and and. I get off the plane there and and I see just I see so many people who who look similar to me. Oh yeah, all flights like. Yeah, the, I I got on I got on a Hawaiian Airlines flight to come to to come to Hawaii. And I happened to be wearing a Sig, a Sig Zane shirt that I got on my last visit and I hadn't spoken yet. They hadn't heard me speak. <laughs> and so the flight attendant said, "Oh, so you're going home." I had to tell them that I'm actually from Australia, but yeah, there are a lot of similarities between the two. Orchestral culture as well. The both orchestras in Australia and Hawaii take the music really seriously, but are also prepared to have a bit of fun and to be open and to break down these walls between between, you know, this invisible wall that's between the stage and the audience. I right. just want to get rid of it. I love talking to the audience. I love coming out at the end of a concert and not slipping out a back door, but standing out the front of the talk of the concert hall and just seeing what people thought. And, huh. and the concert hall is somewhere that, that we welcome new people. I know that, that so many people feel, feel a little intimidated by, by what they might think is a, a dress code or a way they have to behave, but, it's not the case at the Hawaii Symphony Orchestra. It's somewhere that's welcoming, and and in in my position as music director, I really want to be there to be able to talk to actual people who come to our concerts. Yeah, what is the the Hawaii Orchestra scene like? I mean, it's you know, it's not something I'm necessarily familiar with. I mean, is it a really thriving community? It is a thriving community. As I mentioned before, it is a very proud history and we have fantastic musicians who call Hawaii home and, and who have been here for many years and, and they really embody the spirit of the islands. And so we give multiple concerts every month, year round, a whole, a whole range of concerts from our Masterwork series, which has your Beethovens and has your Brahmses, but also composers uh, like Dyke Young Lee, whose work we revived. We have the Harper Symphony where we we showcase artists like Keoho and uh, Raite Helm and all of our local artists with, with the symphony. And then we have things like a Muppets Christmas Carol. Well, that's um, adorable. <laughs> yeah, with the with the movie on the big screen in the summer, we moved oh, to man. Waikiki Shell and have our Starlight series right there, so people can sit under the stars on Waikiki and hear a range of different music. That's wonderful. So I'm sorry, do you live in you live in Hawaii now, or are you are you still based in Australia? We, my wife and I, are planning excitedly planning oh. our move. To Hawaii. as soon as the season starts as soon as my new new contract starts on the 1st of July and so we're we're really we're really drilling down into where are good places to live in Oahu there's so many options I don't know but uh are you guys like leaning towards 
leaning towards one or the other? Is there a, oh, is there we, a, a we, favorite? We've vacillated between so many places, but you know, Kakaako is 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 close to everything. Kailua is beautiful, but we have to stay mm-hmm. in the car a bit longer. Yeah, that's true. That's true. Yeah, yeah, it's, it's exciting. To get up a bit higher to get yeah. away from heat. <laughs> it might be nice to be right on the beach too. So mm-hmm. I don't know. Man. We're going to drive around a lot and try and work it out when we arrive. Yeah. yeah, come back and visit. The world is your oyster. Yeah. So, as a music director, what type of music do you like to listen to on your free time? Because you're constantly around music. Do you get tired of listening I, to music? Do you go home yeah, can to I no be music? I, yeah, I, yeah. I, I very rarely put music on mm-hmm. when I'm not preparing it or changing right. repertoire if i'm run if i'm you know going for a run or working out i'll listen to a podcast okay i might listen to this podcast yeah next. you definitely <laughs> should um and then if if we have people over for dinner or whatever then i'll put on probably some jazz or or music from Hawaii artists, actually, we've been listening to a lot because uh, we've been so enchanted and charmed by 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 being in in Hawaii the last the last year, and um, so it makes me feel like we're back there if we listen to a bit of music from there. There you go. Um, and is there, you know, you were kind of talking a lot about a lot of the events you have coming up. Is there any in particular that you're really really excited about? Any that you're, or is it all just a general broad excitement for all of them? Well, we are, as I said, we're in the in the stages of 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 planning and the final stages of planning of our oh, right. 23, 24 concert season. So that's not announced, but there's a lot I'm very excited about. But okay. one of of the pieces I'm most excited about, and I can say it because it was in the press release when we announced my appointment, is we're going to end the 23-24 season. So in June 24. Mm-hmm. We are going to perform Michael Thomas Fumai's Reis Hawaiiki, which is about the voyage of the Hokuleo. It's, oh. it's like a modern day cantata or a modern day oratorio for huge orchestra, big choir, uh, soloists, vocal soloists in English, in Olelo Hawaii, and that's going to close our entire 23-24 season by Michael Thomas Fumai, who is our composer in residence and director of artistic engagement at, at the Hawaii Symphony Orchestra. So it's it's just going to be a great thing, and it's going to be something that won't happen anywhere else in the world. Yeah, sounds absolutely grand. I mean, yeah, that's kind of the really cool thing I think about the Hawaii Symphony Orchestra because of our u- unique, you know, our uniqueness of being a orchestra in the Pacific is that you really can't get an experience like that. Like, you know, listening to music underneath the stars in Waikiki sounds like a dream. You know, I feel like it's, (laughs) it's easy for us to kind of take it for granted, you know, the beauty of it all, but especially for like visitors coming to definitely make, make the time out to go, go check it out. That sounds, sounds really wonderful. Um, Grace, do you have any other questions for Dane? We're all Um, out. I, well, I was just going to ask, so how can people enjoy the symphony? Like, where can they find, you know, right. latest shows? What can they expect? Like, and also, I guess, kind of outer islands. How often do you go to neighboring islands? Mm. Yeah, the easiest way 
to get information on upcoming concerts is to go to our website, which is myhso.org, myhso.org. Mm-hmm. And that will have all of the details of, of what we have coming up. The orchestra does tour to the neighbour islands. We have partnerships with various venues there. And at the moment, we're cooking up some really interesting projects of travel to some of the neighbour islands. I and My first visit to Hawaii, I did the week with the orchestra. I met the orchestra. It was my first time ever in Hawaii. Oh, wow. That was the first time you, you came was to meet the orchestra. That's crazy. Yeah, yeah, exactly. And, and I... Uh, I wanted to go to one of the neighbor islands and I wasn't sure where and I researched it and anyway decided to go to Molokai and oh, wait, an interesting <laughs> choice <laughs> I went over there and through some musical connections was introduced to a fantastic family there who farmed their own kalo their own taro and I got to pick it. In fact, oh, on wow. my Instagram, there's a picture of me with my <laughs> with my board shorts hiked up, standing in the mud, picking picking a color at the end of this of this amazing experience. And yeah. so that was just my roundabout way of saying that I would love to go back to Molokai with musicians from the orchestra, and we're cooking things up. That would be say- like, exciting! Oh my god, yeah, that would be like the biggest yeah. event in Molokai in, in years. In years, yeah. <laughs> Wow, well, let us know when you do that. We'd love to come by too. That, that sounds right. Like yeah, <laughs> yeah. We can do a podcast special. Oh, that's yeah. right. We'll do it in person. Oh, yeah. shucks. Well, thanks so much, Dane, for coming down and sitting with us. Uh, if you are planning trips to Hawaii, like Dane, or want to know where to live, uh, you can always find more information at hawaiimagazine.com. Uh, we also have all of our social media channels at Hawaii Magazine. Um, if you can, please feel free to rate and subscribe this podcast with five stars. It really helps us out. Um, keeps us paid, keeps us employed. Um, But yeah, thank you so much, Dane, for coming and sitting down and talking with us. And we're really excited to hear more about what HSO has to offer. Mm -hmm. And we will definitely be writing about that as well. And hopefully, hopefully I can attend. We can attend an orchestra. That'd be wonderful, simply. But uh, oh, my other AirPods right now. Mahalo. Thank you, everyone. All right, everyone. We'll be back in two weeks. Bye. Bye.